This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy and I know you have a lot going on, but I have to tell you that... I think it was maybe five months ago, I sat down and I read the book. I forget how long ago it was. And I I have to be honest, in my 38 years of living, it was one of my, the, my favorite books I've ever read. And oh, that's awesome. Because it was, you know, dodging drama in a world gone mad. I mean, first of all, it's the perfect title. And second of all, the experience of the book... I thought was dead on. I find it very interesting that you wrote the book for, you know, adolescents, but I really think grown-ups can actually learn from the book even more. <laughs> Today we have a very intense and very important topic that we're going to talk about. Today I'm going to interview a friend of ours, Johnny Dominguez, who wrote the book Dodging Drama in a World Gone Mad and the book the book title speaks for itself and we all know that we have a problem with bullying and negativity and all that resorts to is just a lot of drama in the world and if you scroll through social media or if you scroll through TV channels or if you scroll through newspaper the one thing that gets major attention is drama. And so when I read this book, I was completely in it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It's time for another episode of Trust and Believe with Sean T. I think I stood at my counter the entire time I read the book. I started reading it and I never put it down because it was sort of an adventure book. It's for adolescents. But what it did for me was really spark a major conversation in my head and, more importantly, a major question. And that first question was for Johnny. What type of drama did you have to dodge to get the motivation to write this book? Well, do you want the you want the, the three-minute version or the 30-second version? I want the three-minute version. <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, as you know, I'm a, I'm a child psychologist. Um, and one of the, probably the area that um, I'm, I've, I've been considered most an expert in, um, for whoever, however people judge that stuff, is in bullying prevention. 
starting from my, my thesis and my dissertation, it was all on um, sort of the impact of peer harassment and bullying on kids and how they kind of adjust to that and short and long-term effects. And so for my whole professional career in child psychology, this has been an area where I've, I've, I've focused a lot. So for the last 15 years, I've been doing a ton of presentations and trainings and, and different things on how to prevent bullying, usually in the school base, because I've been working in schools and, you know, schools is ripe for, you know, bullying to happen. You know, that's changed a little bit with social media, obviously, but, but obviously schools are a good training ground for dealing with this stuff. And myself, other people who've been working on this, we've been frustrated as hell because um, as many things as we try to throw at the problem, from services to the victim to um, responses to the bully to, to so many other skill-building things and, and discipline measures and all these things that we try to put in place, the problem just, just still exists, you know, and it just it intoxicates the entire setting, you know, and kids are complaining all the time. Um, and over the course of me, you know, focusing on this so hard, about, about 10 years ago, something... something um, Maybe it's kind of a no-brainer, but to me it felt like a complete um, paradigm shift. It felt like like I was totally seeing things completely differently, and and it felt right because I've had I had so much frustration dealing with um, trying to manage this problem in different schools and consulting with schools and dealing with it and having you know not as much success as as, uh, as I want long term, and I realized that. Um, Bullying, we've been looking at every aspect of the bullying problem, who the, who the bullies are, who the victims are, what social dynamics are in play, you know, how do we, how do we predict it, what should we do after, um, how should we have teachers handle it, parents handle it, and I realized that we were looking at the wrong problem. I, I'm convinced that bullying wasn't the problem. Hmm. Bullying is the most common and recognizable symptom of a larger problem which is the culture that we live in. And I, I'm, it sounds a little hokey, but what I mean is think of your, think of your culture of your friends, you know, the people that you spend the most time with. You guys have, you guys probably share similar values about um, not making uh, a misogynistic comments off, you know, racist comments, you know, uh, any kind of intolerant comments. You probably have surrounded yourself with people who share those values. So if anyone in your in your crew or anyone spending any time with your crew made a comment like that, made it made an offensive comment like that, you guys would handle it in a way where that comment would not be allowed to survive. That person would not be allowed to prosper in your crew, in your community. You, right. you would look at that person with a look of disgust. You know, you'd, you'd say something like, I can't believe how offensive that is. I don't want to spend any time with someone who thinks like that and talks like that. And that that behavior couldn't survive in, in the culture of your friendship community, right? Correct. So think of, the, think of the larger school environment. And what happens all the time in these school environments is these comments are thrown out. And, and they're, they're getting reinforced. Other kids are laughing. The elevate the the status, the social status of the bully is being, you know, is increased for reasons that I think we understand, but we just hate. Right. And and so, you know, 
the culture that most schools have and now most cyber communities have with kids at this age, you know, that kind of that kind of self-promoting cruel behavior is reinforced all the time. There's no, you know, there are very few people that are standing up and trying to flip the switch on it. So in schools, there is some sort of reward for people being bullies. And that is the most unfortunate thing. And Johnny really, really attacked that concept. And I think it's very, very interesting for you to understand why bullying gets rewarded. And and more importantly, why people choose to hang out with bullies and why people choose to spend their time with people who are reinforcing their behavior instead of spending time with people who don't reinforce that behavior and being able to look at the behavior that's going on around you and being able to eliminate the negativity. I'm convinced that bullying is not the problem that I wanted to address. I want to I want to address the culture. I want to teach kids how to create a culture for themselves in their schools, on their teams, in their clubs, in their cyber community, among their crew that is a healthy a healthier environment. So if anyone makes a derogatory comment, a racist comment, a, a, a comment against people's sexual orientation, whatever, any intolerant comment, I'm trying to teach kids to to be active in creating a community where those those comments don't get to fly. Okay, and in watching my own daughter, who's now in seventh grade and is, is a pre, is a very bright, very kind kid, even even people like her who are, again, socially speaking, very skilled, very compassionate. If if she's hanging out with one friend and another friend wants to hang out with them and this other friend doesn't want the other friend to hang out with and she's caught in the middle, what does she do? How does she handle that without hurting somebody's feelings? She's either going to upset the one friend by adding the third or she's going to hurt the third friend by rejecting them right. little little things like that that don't feel like little things if you're on the business end of that rejection so what i was what i came to the conclusion and why i wrote the book is i'm convinced that um we don't do a good enough job starting in elementary school teaching our kids the kind of values that they're going to need going into adolescence to manage this stuff to dodge this drama because I think we do a good job in character education with like kindness and honesty, sometimes generosity, but things like courage, bravery, integrity, selflessness, empathy, perspective taking, these things are undertaught. And so my goal was to create, to find a, you know, a relatively fun, engaging kind of new way that kids could be taught these values, a way that could start discussion about building these values. So that's my, sorry for the long answer, but that's how I came to, to want to write the book. No, I, I love the long answer. It, you know, it opened my mind and kind of reiterates a lot of things that I, I talk to adults about, including myself, which is, you know, surrounding yourself, you know, with people who will continue to lift up your average. And when I say average, I mean... Who is going to continue to help you live in a positive space? I, you know, I believe you're the average of the five closest people to you, and I say this a lot. So, But this is an interesting way to look at it. I think one of the questions that I have from, 
for someone like you who has who have who has actually done research is if we kind of transition a little bit i mean we know i think we all can kind of understand where the kid gets the foundation of bullying from and they're easily um persuaded by other children and you know they're going through this learning process especially at the adolescent age which is trying to find yourself you know am i better am i worse than i'm comparing myself to but what happens when it's an adult and what is the the motivating factor to create drama and to create bullying because for me i have always been interested in the source of the emotion behind bullying as a grown adult i love that question because it's so pertinent to again not just not just adolescents um i have an answer um and and it's probably not not totally complete but you'll get you'll get the picture just at least from my perspective of the things that go in both with with adolescents and, and adults and just and just my clinical experience and in my research and things like that okay particularly in adolescence um i don't want to let too many bullies off the hook because there are some kids who really do feel better about themselves because they wield that kind of power um but for the most part there are a lot of other kids who who have an effect on other people that feels like bullying um whether they've they dismiss people or knock people down or you know degrade someone in some way and in the case of adolescents and probably some adults part of it is a part of it is that they don't have they don't have the skills developmentally speaking when kids enter adolescence one of the things one of the skill sets that that they're just developing is that sort of perspective taking most the, one of the defining features of adolescence is they're very egocentric you know you're you're so focused on developing your own identity and separating from your parents and finding the the, the the peer group that makes you feel connected this all happens in a very short amount of time around around puberty right so there's all these other there's all these other things going on and in, in a relatively short amount of time kids shift from having to figure all this stuff out who who am i i don't want to hang on my parents anymore what's my friend group you know can i access them can i keep them are they going to be are they going to be nice to me so when you're when you're so focused on to finding out who you are the thing that suffers is your consideration of other people so mm. even even typically developing kids who are otherwise kind of kind you know and even can be compassionate they'll behave in ways that have the same impact that some more severe forms of bullying do just because when they make decisions about what they say and who they talk to and who they invite where they're not thinking about they're not asking themselves if i don't invite this person to this party are they going to be upset um how's someone else going to feel if i do this or say this that is not what they're they don't have the skills to to kind of do that yet some adults don't as you know but but as our brain develops you know through through adolescence and young adulthood our ability to incorporate other people's perspectives increases so the 12 and 13 year olds who are trying to figure this out they're struggling really hard so they're they're definitely at risk to do and say things that are self-promoting and hurt other people even without really trying okay right, right. so in adulthood though this doesn't describe every case but if you're not feeling good about yourself say it's a kid who struggles with depression or has other symptoms of you know low self-worth or is really really down on themselves 
it is a te- it is a short term relief and fix. If you're able to to project your misery on someone else, if you're able to to um, make someone else feel as low as you feel about yourself, there's some comfort and relief in that. I don't like that that's true, but I know that it's true. And then you have a whole group, and this this talks about some of the adults, where it's a it's an offshoot of what I just said, where it usually comes from a place of insecurity or not feeling good about your own stuff. But saying things to, to, to make other people look bad or humiliate them um, does serve uh, the same kind of purpose of um, I'm, I can feel better about myself because I can, I can manipulate my social environment in this way. I can say things and do things that, that, that have this impact on people. They don't right. care that it's negative. Just that the power feels good. And these are these are mentally unhealthy people. I've come to the conclusion without <laughs> scientific research. I think just from social research and attentiveness to human. I call it the human experience. Is that um, I think when people do try to bring other people down to make themselves feel good, I think that's. In my opinion, it's such a short-lived, you know, response. That response to me saying, okay, Johnny is like this and he's this and telling other people about you and gossiping about you. The minute that group of people walk away, I still feel down about myself. So, you know, I'm wondering why, I mean, this is not, this is a rhetorical question, but it's more of why do people take the short-lived response instead of working on themselves to say, you know, how can I, you know, empower myself and find ways to be better myself that could actually, you know, be a long-term goal and a long-term response. Yeah, and this this is a good mental health question. And what you're asking, I think, distinguishes from, from people who are mentally healthy and people who aren't. Because everyone experiences anxiety. Everyone experiences depressive symptoms in different situations in their life, some more than others, obviously, but we all, everyone can identify with feeling nervous about something and really down about something. What separates um, the healthy people from the unhealthy people is can you get yourself out of that space? Right. Can you, can you work yourself to a more objective spot so you can look, so you can see the world more clearly and, and you can accept that, yeah, you know, it was a bad day or, you know what, this is a scary situation, but, but other aspects of my life are going Great, and I can get through this. And even if I don't, I will learn a life lesson. The the, the healthy people don't get stuck in in those spaces. And I think the people that that spend a lot of time trying to um, to bring other people down, I think, like I said, it does give them that immediate relief. And these are people that aren't really mentally healthy because, for whatever reason, they they're looking at themselves as um, you know. I got a terrible lot in life, you know, my, my situation sucks and it's not getting any better. Now, that's never completely true. That's never definitely true. There's always things that people can do to help. There's always things that you can do to fight and, and I want to empower people to believe that. You know, sometimes people aren't committed to working on themselves. The people that are mentally healthy enough to work through that, it does take work. I mean, it takes it takes belief. It takes self talk strategies. It takes commitment. It takes it takes the the 
emotional discipline to say, to separate yourself from your current emotion and broaden your perspective and see that, okay, what the struggle that I'm having right now is just a small space in my entire world. And I'm going to handle this situation the best that I can. And I'm going to draw on these other things in my life that are positive And I want to continue to keep positive. The people that, that aren't able to do that are the people that do struggle with depression and anxiety. And they get stuck in that unhealthy place and they're not, they're not making decisions to work on themselves. It's exactly what they should do. The reason why I thought this podcast and this interview was so important was strictly because I felt like adults needed to hear this. We are all guilty of diving in to the drama. We are. As adults, we are all guilty of that bullying type behavior and sometimes we don't really understand that what we're saying and what we're doing is reinforcing the bad behavior but at the time we're thinking that we are just being a part of a conversation when really we're adding fuel to the fire and that's one thing we have to eliminate because when you bring fuel to the fire you don't understand how you are really affecting that person that you're talking about or what kind of drama you're bringing to that person's life by not reaching out and helping them and saying hey let's stop talking about this person or let's not get involved in the drama so that we can can instead of bringing them down and and enhancing their low self-esteem as to why we're quote-unquote talking about them anyway we should be doing the opposite which is bringing them up and lifting them up when we come back johnny asks me an interesting question about how i deal with people who like to bully or try to bring me down due to my notoriety and my success there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss that's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss Hey there, I'm Julie Boris, and I want to see you in Indiana on February 25th, 2017. I'm bringing Sean T. back to Indianapolis because it's more than just a workout. It's more than just motivation. It's an experience, and you need to be in the room. Go to julievoris.com for tickets. Join us on February 25th at the JW Marriott downtown Indianapolis for an experience that could just change your life. Be in the room, feel the energy, and open your heart to the possibility. It's more than just exercise, it's life. And on February 25th, it's an experience, and you need to be there. See you in Indiana on February 25th. Now back to Shanti's Trust and Believe. I have a particular question for you because in my, um, it would make sense theoretically that someone like yourself who's found some who's found a lot of success in their career and what they like to do and someone like you who has a lot of 
um, notoriety and relative fame, right? Right. You, you people like people like you are will draw that kind of <laughs> that, kind of, that kind of hatred more than others. Right? Oh yeah. Because you represent the success and commitment and the passion that other people want to have, think they should have. So, in keeping with this theory, my guess is people like yourself and other successful people probably have to deal a lot more with this than other people. You know, people, people, um, you know, I don't know, you probably, you probably dealt with it. You know, people trying to minimize your success by calling it luck or right place at the right time or, you know, minimizing the work that you did and everything that you bring to the table. People who are successful even draw out this sort of negative, you know, the haters. They draw them out more than, more than, you know, uh, a common person would, you know? Absolutely. And uh, so it's very interesting that you <laughs> kind of brought that up because Scott and I had uh, a conversation this morning, which it's actually going to be a podcast that airs before this one. So the people who are listening would have already heard this. But the way I deal with haters, I mean, I used to respond a lot because it used to really get under my skin until I did exactly kind of what you hinted on, which was... You know, some people call it luck. Some people call it this. Some people call it that. But I have connected to my journey. And I know, I know every single struggle or every single success or every single, you know, every step along the way. I've, you know, sometimes I had to like revisit it, but I had to connect to how I got to where I am. I used to, when I first you know, got some success with hip hop abs. This was years ago. I used to go on this thing called infomercial reviews online. It was, you know, and I would see tons and tons and tons and tons of positive comments. And then I would see that one negative comment and that one negative comment, I would make, it would have so much weight that the 99 comments that were super excited and people who had lost, you know, 40, 50 pounds, they, it didn't have anything on this one comment. Right. Until I started to, you know, so my next step was don't read the comments at all, (laughs) you know, because I was just like, and so I did that for a while. And then I had to go back. And now, even today, I do this thing where I find success in something that I do every single day so that when those time comes up, times come up and times like we just kind of discussed, I just say, I know my truth. You know, I walk in my truth every single day. And that's not to say I'm perfect. It's more to say I stay connected to my own path and my own journey, the good and the bad. So I know it's true. I find success in something that I do every single day. It could be as simple as hitting a really good ball in tennis or being really really clear in some sort of communication I have on the phone or really doing a good job of internalizing something that a friend says to me and being able to understand like, wow, at that moment, I was a good listener. We have to find success in something that we do every single day so that we can continue to keep the confidence. And when you continue to keep the confidence You continue to build this force field around you that really creates high self-esteem, internal motivation, and your ability to succeed without even trying. And, And what I mean by that is, of course, 
of course, life is a challenge and it's a struggle and you have to feel like you're trying to do X and trying to do Y. But when you reinforce good behavior to yourself and when you find successful moments every single day, it becomes a habit. And when things become a habit, while you still should stay consciously competent, when things become a habit, it becomes ingrained in your soul and when you're doing good things that become ingrained in your soul then you really can make yourself feel good every single day and when you start to feel good and you felt when you start to feel accomplished again that energy and that force field will radiate out so other people can feel the same way you know, I could be, I could give out a million dollars to, you know, an entire school or whatever, and there's still going to be someone who gets that million dollars that doesn't like me. So it's all about my intention and what am I bringing to the table. And so when I connect to that, you know, and I wish, I, I think at the end of the day, you know, not at the end of the day, at some point in the day, if people connect to their intention, it makes them, it would make them feel better about what they're doing. I'm so glad that you said that because what happened, so it sounds like you got to a place where you worked, you got to a healthier place on how to deal with the people that were trying to be negative with you. You just, you just talked through how that happened. The way you talked about it made it sound like it wasn't until you were into young adulthood, even a little bit further, that you really were able to be healthy about this. And, and that's a, that's a hard thing to do. So part of, part of the book, part of the discussions that I want to come from the book is I'm, we're trying to teach these values to, to upper elementary and middle school kids right now. You know, how can you take the negative things that people throw at you, take them for what they're worth, learn from them if there's anything to learn from it to make yourself better, cut, trim the fat, cut out everything else that isn't relevant or is just coming from a hateful person and focus on doing the right thing the right way for the right reasons. 12 and 13 year olds really, really, really have a difficult time with this. Hmm. They're not able to let those comments, I mean, they wear those comments like tattoos. You know, they right. have a really hard time separating them. I do a ton of work with the kids that I, that I teach and that I serve um, therapeutically. And I do, I use, I, the, my book was a tool to do this. One of the tools I use to do this is, you know, the value of, you know, understanding, because if you understand someone else's perspective and you can understand that there are reasons, we don't like them, but there are reasons why people would say negative things just to be negative. And right. that, that that doesn't define who you are. It says a lot more about them than about you. So let's not wear their words um, like brands. My entire life, up until I was in ninth grade, was somewhat being bullied or taken up for myself and not really dealing with the bullying for various different reasons, be it the fact that, you know, I didn't have the best clothes or maybe some kids thought I, you know, I was gay or, you know, things that I hadn't even really figured out for myself. And when I read this book, I mean, even now it brings like a slight tear to my eye because I noticed so many people struggling and dodging drama in a world going mad because, you know, I'm smiling about it now. It's that... <laughs> I used to be like, I don't want to be around these people. Like, and 
you know, that was, I was like, how do I get away from these crazy people? And then it was actually when I got to ninth grade and I got to high school and there were so many more people, I was like, wow, I'm able to, I'm able to find places in this, in this system to keep me away from all of those people who were so rude or mean. And, you know, I started running track. I got involved in the erase club, which is end racism and sexism. I got involved in, um, the student government. I got involved in a lot of things that were, I think at the time it was subconscious. I think it may have been more like running away from the pain of rudeness and mean people. But you put it in such, you put it in such an amazing way, dodging drama. And I think had I heard that in ninth grade, you know, maybe the struggle would have been a little less, you know. So talk to me about the journey you take people on through this book because it's really incredible to me. The goal, like I said, was to get people to, to instill different values in kids, to get kids thinking about important values earlier on so that they're, they're better armed for the drama that comes with middle school for the reasons that we talked about. Um, and the way, the way that I wanted to do that through the book is I wanted to, I, um, I wanted to have, um, wanted to create some characters that were identifiable, you know, hopefully, and some, uh, some situations that were identifiable. And this was, this was the part that was made it easy for me to write. Cause I work with middle school kids every day. And I, as you know, I have a middle school age daughter. So, so I didn't have to, you know, I didn't have to search really hard to, to figure out some of the some of the social situations that come up in, in in the middle school age that could that could definitely cause drama. So I wanted to have relatable situations with relatable characters, and I wanted I did the I did sort of the um, choose your adventure type style of you know thinking about okay, you got a situation, how you're going to handle it? You know, situation A, you know, choice A or choice B. Now, as the writer, I knew what I felt the healthier decision was and I wanted to take the reader on the journey to say to 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 think I want them to think you know think what is the best way to handle this what's healthiest for me what's most positive to everybody involved and just asking that question alone is is an important thing for a middle school kid to do and then I wanted them to through the book you know read um what what's the common outcome if they handle things a certain way and i wanted as the author i wanted to make it very clear that what the main character experienced when they made a healthy choice was they felt really good about themselves mm. and they connected with people more strongly they, they made someone else's day they they averted a very negative situation or if they choose the the less the option that i think is less healthy um, you know, the way I wrote the book, both both options end up in the same spot. It's not like a choose your own adventure book that has multiple endings. But what I wanted to convey with the less healthy choice is um, it's hard. You can still get to the you can still get to the right place, but if you choose this way, it's gonna you know it's gonna be a lot more difficult for you. You're gonna you're gonna you'd be frustrated. You're gonna struggle. You're gonna impact another person in a negative way and you're going to have to you know repair that relationship so um that's what i was that's the the format of the book was i was really trying to do the best i could to get kids to think um through you know those type of uh you know those type of situations social situations that come up um come up every day is your book on sale anywhere at the moment 
you can get my book directly from the publisher. My publisher is mascotbooks.com. Um, um, it's also available on Amazon and, and uh, all the other major kind of online book sites. So I'm excited to hear, you know, I was really, I was really happy to hear that you picked it up and liked it. And I even, um, that was the first in the series. I've actually, I'm actually on the fourth book. I've written a second book and a, and a third book. It's kind of, it's, it's a, you know, it's a sequel. And okay. the first, the first book takes us to the, to the middle of her summer camp. The second book gets her to the end of summer camp and the, um, and the, and the third book shortly thereafter. So I'm still enjoying writing this stuff. I haven't published books two and three yet. Um, I think I'm, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait to see how, how things go. I'm talking to my publisher about a different marketing approach and, and things like that. But that's, um, that's where my book's available and I hope that, um, the second, third, and I'm almost done with the fourth. I hope that I hope to put those into press soon too. I just don't have a plan for that yet. I'll definitely be looking uh, forward to the next book. So before I let you go, uh, we do something fun here on Trust and Believe where we do this speed round questionnaire okay. so that our our um, <laughs> our listeners can learn just a little bit more about our guests but here's the rules for our speed round first of all scott makes up the questions so don't get mad at me if the question's too hard secondly you only have five seconds to answer the question and the question doesn't come with an explanation so it's just the answer and if you don't answer within five seconds you're going to hear the buzzer sound how about that all right okay you ready first concert you ever went to Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Okay. No, question number two. Name a book that you've read in school that positively shaped who you are. Touching Spirit Bear. Nice. Question number three. Favorite TV show Guilty Pleasure? Uh, the Mentalist. Ooh, I got to check that one out. Okay. Question number four. On a scale of one to ten, how excited are you about life right now? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. I gave it a nine. Okay, cool. I love you got somewhere to go. I love that. All right, question number five. I know you're a huge sports fan. VIP tickets to one of these events. Here are your choices. Uh-huh. Super Bowl, college football final, World Series game seven, or World Cup final? I'll say World Series game seven just because I was in Chicago for the Cubs. Ah, that's awesome. Love it, love it, love it. That must have been amazing. Uh <laughs> Question number six. What's your least favorite food? Brussels sprouts. What? Oh, you haven't had Sean T's Brussels sprouts yet. All right. 
<laughs> question number seven. This is a yes or no question. Do pineapples belong on pizza? No. Oh, yes. I'm so glad you said no. All right. Question number eight. The best way to de-stress? Workout. Oh, cool. Number nine. If you had one superpower, what would it be? Uh, to breathe underwater. Wow. Oh, this is good. Okay. Question number ten. Scary movies or feel-good movies? I'm so good with scary movies. Me too. Oh, we have a lot in common. We should hang out more. All right, question. You have two questions left. Best thing about being a dad? Uh, just watching my kids grow up. That's awesome. And last question. This is probably the toughest question. Capital of Illinois. Springfield. Yeah. I've been there before. All right, Johnny, Love thank you so it. much. We, we really appreciate you taking the time to do this. And I know... Uh, the listeners will get some great motivation out of this and we will promote your book and I want the second and third book because I want to read them alright you will get in thanks so much for having me it's an honor to be on your podcast oh thanks and tell the family I said hello (laughs) I sure will alright take care of Barker for me ladies and gentlemen I couldn't be more excited to have brought you this podcast this is something I'm so passionate about and so inspired about which is just the human experience and where it starts from within you heard Johnny I mean he has studied this he has been down the road he has written about this and it's just incredible first I'll say it's incredible because I know and I've met him and his family through Scott but to hear this side of him and to actually hear the 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 passion that he has for number one for kids and helping them have a better life and number two how all of these behaviors these human behaviors filter out and filter up to us as adults so I say this we've all been in a place where we've been the rude one we've all been in a place where we've hurt someone because none of us are perfect even me but we've also been on the side that has been felt bullied or been or been on a side where we felt like we've been brought down but I want you to listen to this whether you feel strong or not whether you feel confident or not like I do it still hurts and that's why it is important for us to live a life of love and to really appreciate people out there when you turn on the TV like you can't even get real life news anymore because the news is embellished and every time you turn on the TV there's a such thing as this side and that side and 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 the polit- political side and we're constantly in a situation in this life that we are put against the opposing side and there's barely any way for us to come together as one so that we can appreciate each other regardless of the differences in this book dodging drama in a world gone mad While it was written for adolescents to me, I think all of you should get it. I think you should go through the experience. Choose your own adventure book. It's fun. And if you have kids or if you know someone that has kids, this is a book where you can read a couple times a month, if not a couple times a week, to help your kids or to help adolescents understand that, number one, bullying is not right and how to deal with it. We are all here. We're all here together. And like I said, there's enough negativity out in the world. And if if it's your guilty pleasure to watch it, I'm like, go right ahead. But when it comes to you, when it comes to you, what are you putting out into this world? You at this moment are going through a transformation. You are going through 
a situation or a journey where you want to come out on top and you want to feel good about who you are. So if you want to come out on top and if you want to feel good about who you are, you need to help other people feel good and come out on top. Because that's the way you're constantly going to retrieve that good information. Some people believe in karma, some people don't. But what I can tell you is that if you put out good, the feeling inside of you is good. That's what you're percolating. Drink as much goodness as you possibly can and share it with the rest of the world. And good luck with your transformation. Always trust and believe in who you are. I want you to know that it is possible, if you're struggling with self, that you can actually get through whatever it is that you need to get through. But you have to take ownership to where you are at this moment. And when you do, not only will you dodge all the drama in the world, but you will stay connected to yourself in a way that is so unbelievably amazing. You are the first person that has to experience you. And if you put all of that goodness inside of you, then all the people around you will feel at least a little bit better. My name is Sean T. Trust and believe. I want to give a huge shout out to Todd Midget, a.k.a. NC Fit Club, Alex Colorado, my lovely production manager. They do a great job with loving up on the podcast and making sure that it gets out to you so that we can all stay motivated and relevant. Thank you guys. You guys are awesome.